Welcome to the Blue Collar Millionaires Podcast. My name is Chesley Lunday. I'm your co-host with the host, with the most, Jeremy oh. Candelaria. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you? Pretty good, except for one one big problem. I went to Starbucks today, and I ordered it right before you picked me up, so that would I that way I would have it. And we got in there, and I spent what nine minutes getting there, and fifteen minutes. Past the time I should have gotten my coffee. 29 minutes. It was, was it, was, it was horrible. Yeah. And you went through the drive-thru to go around. And we could have been done here already. Having a good time. Talking. But That's no. okay because here's the deal. I feel like uh, I owe that to you. So it's fine. You owe a coffee to me? No, no, no. Uh, I feel like that you are waiting for me so much of the time that it's okay for me to wait on you. And your coffee every once in a while. Yeah, we definitely couldn't be more different in that area. Yeah. So you, I'm you, flexible. You? Rigid. <laughs> I would say I'm flexible. Rigid. You show up whenever the heck you want to show up. That's, and you're like, yeah. yeah. So I was like, yeah, me. no, I'll wait. I'll wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. Yeah. And so then no. you're like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe I should get places a little earlier because this is how it feels. And you didn't think you didn't think that at all, though, did you? No. No. I was totally content with waiting. You know what I've learned over the years? What? What, you know, early on, like, punctuality was a big thing for me mm-hmm. because I equated it to honor. Yeah. And honor is, like, a huge value for both of us. It is. And then over the years, my wife is like, really? My wife really helped me out with this because I would tell her we needed to be somewhere at 3.30, and she would get out the door around 3.30. Yeah. And I was like, what the heck? Come to find out, she would be, like, cleaning the house and making sure... Like her to-do list was completely done. She would take every little inch of extra time to get stuff done and always made us late. Me, I get places 10 minutes early, period. Yeah. Yes, I can definitely see that both ways. I was brought up to think the exact opposite, and that is you need to always show up fashionably late. If you're the first guy to the party, you're at the wrong party. (laughs) That's fair. So it you're was like, ingrained the, in me. I'm here, so I start the party. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. I need to make a fashionable appearance. Oh, Jeremy's here. Now we can get the, <laughs> now we can start we can the party started. That's and... what I've done wrong all these years. <laughs> <laughs> I I promise you, from the earliest memories, that's what my mom always said to me. But no, it also can be looked at as dishonoring. If there's an important meeting in terms of like a job interview, or you need to be somewhere under a time crunch you should certainly be early but besides that if you have the luxury of setting your own schedule maybe you have a little bit of leeway there. <laughs> but i am like your wife where i want to get things done before mm-hmm. i i want to get the things done that i need to get done before i get to that task for the day like before we get together i'm already you know doing my daily routine i'm already working out i've already been at the gym for an hour i've already taken a cold shower you know, there's a lot of things that I've done before we actually get together to go to Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And this is me just trying to give sympathy to, to my wife. Sympathy for lolling out of being late. <laughs> I don't have any problem waiting 37 minutes for you at Starbucks to, today to get your latte. I really appreciate I, that. I, I owe that to you. Well, I, and inside of me, I feel angst because I'm like, we should have my coffee already. We should have had it. They said, they said 1152. Yeah, and I did. got it at 12.15. How dishonoring of them. I'm telling you. Yeah. I'm telling you. Hey, what are we talking about today? So we're talking about working on your business instead of in your business today. Mm-hmm. Yes. On your business instead of in your business. So tell us, what does it mean to work on your business rather than in your business? 
Well, I write about this in my book and just thinking about going back to my first and second year of business, it was gruesome. Mm -hmm. When you're working in your business, you feel like you're trapped and you don't really own a business, you own a job. And part of that is the entrepreneurial process mm -hmm. anyways. A lot of people can't make it past that process. And so either they flail out or they stick, they get stuck in that that exact process for 10 years, 15 years until they flail out. But for me, that first year, it was pretty gruesome because the way it would work is I would always try to, you know, have my marketing process where I was trying to get new potential customers into the pipeline. And then I would actually go out and do the estimates. I would get the jobs. Then I'd have to do the jobs. And as I'm doing the jobs, I'd have to keep going. So I'd have to reach back in and do more estimates, but I would work all day long. Mm -hmm. I would be tired. I would be dirty and I would have to go to hit two or three estimates after work, after working a 10 hour day. And I'm doing estimates until eight, nine o'clock at night. And when I get home, I'm dead tired anyways. So I'm returning the estimate probably sometimes a week or more later. Mm. So there's no speed. I'm exhausted, and guess what? I have to get up the next day at 6 o'clock in the morning and, and do, do it, it all, all over, over again. <laughs> <clears throat> so it's very tough when you're trapped in your business to actually start to work on your business, to think about, hey, how can we make this more efficient? How can we make this better? How can we make the customer experience better? How can I free up some time where I can breathe a little bit so that I can have a little bit of a clear mind, hang out with the wife, hang out with the kids, refresh, rejuvenate, refocus on what I need to do so I can go back in and be better for my business, for my customers, for my employees. Yeah. I feel like there's like two ruts you can get stuck in when it comes to working in versus on. And the first one is you get an entrepreneur who doesn't like to work in the business. Mm -hmm. they, they only like to work on it. That's right. And so they get stuck because they can't ever get anything off the ground because you definitely need to be on the ground, hoofing it, actually doing the work at the very beginning. The other one is guys that get stuck working in the business and never on it. Yeah. And so my guess is most of the blue collar guys that we're talking to <clears throat> are the guys that are like, hey, we know how to work in it. We know how to do our craft. We take pride in what we do. Um, but there's very few that I know of that hang in business for any amount of time that just like to work on it rather than in it. Exactly. You're right. The propensity for blue collar guys is to be practitioners, to get the work done, to push up their sleeves. And that's noble and commendable, but that's not going to scale your business. Right. There is some sort of, I'm just going to say it, the dirty little secret is machoism. Like if you're not there with your guys, pushing up your sleeves, getting dirty with them, rolling around in the mud or rolling around in the drywall, whatever it is that you're doing, then maybe you're, um, you're just not, you're not that strong of a man you know and that's just what i've seen over and over again that's all well and good but that's not good if you're gonna build scale and make a profitable business you have to subtract yourself from the equation somewhat so that you can refocus yeah so if you always work in your business you don't own a business you own a job right if you want to own a business you have to begin to learn how to work on the business so that you can replace yourself working in the business yeah and more specifically in the book, I, I talk about on and on, that on and on principle, where in the very beginning, if you're starting a business like I did from scratch, you have to do the hard work of working on your business because there are no customers. There is no culture. There's really nothing there. And you take a piece of paper 
And I'm holding up a piece of paper. Those of you who are listening uh, on, you know, whatever device that you're listening, you take a blank piece of paper and you begin to write down exactly what you want to accomplish. And we call that our one page attack and conquer plan where we can figure out a vision. We can figure out our values. We can figure out our market value, our market identity, what's going to separate us from our competitors so that we can compete not based on price but based on value all of that that's we don't have time to discuss that but that's where you start working on it before you ever do any physical work to it with your hands Mm -hmm. then when you get into it then you get you get trapped if you're not careful you get trapped because you have to do another estimate you have to keep everything going you feel the pressure of all of this you're tired you're overworked you're overwhelmed you're underpaid everybody needs you to be everywhere all at once not to mention your wife and your children are growing up right before your eyes you don't really get the you don't you're not you didn't get into business to be trapped by your business and that's where people don't they get stuck so first of all they don't work on their business and then they are trapped in their business so they can never get out of it and work on it again and I want to share today just one game changer, one thing. It's super simple. One thing, super simple that we that we did that shifted everything, gave me freedom, gave me flexibility, gave me peace of mind, and gave me the ability to become more professional uh, in the customer's eyes as well. Yeah, I think you know Siri wanted thought she was talking to you. She likes that. Yeah, she does. You said Sharon. She said, "Oh, you're talking to me." Yes, add Sharon, Siri. Add Sharon. Add Sharon. Don't say Siri. So, <laughs> so um, one of the things that I dealt with as a blue collar business owner was that same rut. It was getting stuck. I was working 18 hours a day in my truck most days, going from job to job to job to job to job, and then estimate to estimate to estimate not realizing that, hey, I had some work to do. You're talking about making sure um, that they work on the business first. Most blue-collar guys don't do that. They go get work, and then they start working, and they never actually work on the business first. That's right. And so you got to do that. Then you've got to continue to build systems that replace you so that people working in the business are actually producing the same or better results than you would have by yourself, right? Yeah, And there's a game changer, like you said, that you want to talk about when it comes to working on your business that shifted your business for the better and actually helped you scale faster. What you Let's talk about that. What, what, what was that? Yeah, so what I did was I discovered that I needed – I was trapped to my phone. And that that worked against me for several reasons. First of all, I would be outpouring concrete and I would get a call from a customer. And I have a choice in that moment. In that moment, do I forego? Now, concrete's a different trade than than others because, well, we all know concrete gets hard. And you only have so it much does. time. It yes, does. it does. It's not like jello. This is why they call it concrete, you <laughs> oh, know? okay. So concrete gets hard. So it's a time under tension situation. So either I forsake my current paying customer to answer a potential customer or I – Focus on my current paying customer at the demise of what could be another $7,000, $10,000, $25,000 dollar job. And I'm running into that all the time because my phone begins to ring. And anybody who is in the trades knows your phone's going to ring. And so you have probably missed many calls. And you know this. You've missed many calls that you could have grabbed, but you were right in the middle of something that was super important. And you just couldn't get to it at the moment. And so – What I did, the shift that I made was to get away from the phone. Mm -hmm. I needed to get away from my phone. And this 
at first was really hard for me to do because I thought, well, I need to train someone. I don't have anyone. How much am I going to pay that person? There's so many things that go into this that would prevent me from focusing on only what I can do in my business. And that isn't answering the phone. Somebody else can do that. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. The old adage is if somebody can do it 60% as well as you can, then you need to delegate that situation to them so that they can actually do it for you. Wait a minute. 60%. 60%. Why? Why 60%? Because most most guys, and even me, they hear that number, they're like, oh, no. If I want it done right, I do it myself. Yes. If you <laughs> well, want- you're saying 60%, not even 80 No, no, 60%. Because I think I, for us, we need to be able to let go. 60% is pretty good. If you feel like you're 100% efficient at doing something, then somebody else at 60% is going to be able to get the job done. And you have to let go enough for you for for some you to give the reins to someone else so that they can try and they can fail. It's all a part of the process, the training process that we go through so that we can let go and we can begin to scale. You cannot scale your business holding on to your business for dear life. Mm. You'll keep it small, you'll keep it it's it's probably going to be awesome, it's going to be perfect, it's going to be your own little bubble, but guess what? You will stay trapped in your business and you will own a job. You will not own a business and you have to be able to let go. I say 60%. That to me is a good number. If somebody can hit it, if they can make six out of 10 free throws, I'm going to let them shoot three free throws. That's Shaq. That's, that's Shaq. So, well, he's probably <laughs> four out of 10, you know, I don't know. No, but 67. Was he 67%? <laughs> so you don't make 67%. You can make it into the NBA, man. Well, okay. So, well, if you're 300 80 pounds and seven foot two. Yes, hey, absolutely. We all have our strengths and weaknesses. <laughs> um, so I, I, I keep being reminded of a quote as you're saying that you can have control or you can have growth. You can't have both. And I think that was Craig Groeschel, mm. right? You can have control or you can have growth, but you can't have both. Yes. And it comes back to doing what only I can do in my business. Every single day I need to ask myself, Am I doing what only I can do? Mm. You know, and so if there's something that I'm doing that I can discharge to someone else, I don't need to be doing payroll. I don't need to be scheduling, you know, customers, uh, you know, in the pipeline. I don't need to be following up with customers. I don't need to be doing those things. But what I need to do, me and my business and where I'm at right now is I, I need to protect the culture. I need to constantly be pushing to make sure that our guys are healthy, that our culture is healthy, that we're growing toward each other, that we're going toward a, a particular destination. I'm protecting the vision. I'm protecting the mission. I'm protecting our values. And I'm bringing everything back to that all the time. That is something that only I can do. Now, all, people, our, our crew will begin to do that. They do do that. They pick, they, you know, they kind of pick the ball up and they run with that. But if I wane in that department, my entire company will wane in that department as well. You know, you taught me that lesson about the 60% rule a long time ago in a different industry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, most of these leaders know that you and I were both pastors. You're still a pastor. I'm, I'm doing this You're for recovering. you. <laughs> I'm recovering. I'm a recovering pastor. Yes. Um, but you taught me that, you know, a few years ago. And I began to put it into practice. And I think one of the things that I learned uh, pretty early on is that if I think you're 60%, you're probably actually 75. That's true. And I, I just need to get out of the way and not have an ego, you know, because I think I did my way's best. Yeah. And I have discovered that 
you're you're exactly right that actually when you begin to let go and you allow someone to do what you have been doing and you feel like you can you're the only one that can do it but it's not true they'll actually outdo you in that because that's the thing that they do Mm -hmm. you're trying to juggle 27 plates you're off charging certain things to certain individuals and they will knock it out of the park i got rid of my company phone i got rid of my company phone and i hired a, a scheduling manager who literally her job is to answer our phones and to uh, to be very professional, to start the customer experience with a sweet, sweet voice on the other end of the phone, which if you're calling in the concrete industry, you're probably going to get eight out of 10 times some gruff guy on the other end going, hello, you know, this is AJ, what are you need? you know, and you don't want that. You want a really good First impression, you only have one opportunity to make a first impression. So if we were to call my company right now in January, we don't have to do it. We well, can... well, I think we should. All right. So we'll, we'll, we'll call our company line and I'll show you how Donna answers the phone. And I want you to see that this changes the game. She answers the phone better than I answer the phone. And we'll kind of play that this way so that's because donna's a more sweeter a sweeter more sweeter more (laughs) sweeter human than you are yeah it's a beautiful day creative concrete this is donna how may i serve you donna how are you yes i was napping (laughs) (laughs) no no that's not what you say you don't say i was napping we're on a podcast right now. So I'm going to start that over. Okay. This is terrible. I'm just teaching everybody how awesome and amazing you are and how you answer oh. the phone 10 times better than I ever could. No. Yes. So it's true. But no, I'm just sharing with all of our viewers and listeners uh, how they can actually get away from answering the phone, being tied to the phone. And I've always told you that you are my secret weapon. So Yes, you have. I'll let you go and let you get back to whatever important thing you were doing. And All right. I love you. I love you too. Bye. Bye. All right. <laughs> so the beauty of that is she is the first person that a customer, potential customer is going to hear on the other end. If it is a male that is calling us, that's good to hear a woman's voice because it's soft and it's inviting. If she is, if it's a female who calls us potential customer, that's also good because it's disarming. Mm. You're not talking to a gruff, scruff businessman who's right in the middle of, you know, construction work, who's right in the middle of doing 15 things. Because have you ever had to answer a phone call with someone that you love, but you're rushed? Mm -hmm. You know, you can be very short. You can be very you know, seemingly unempathetic, but it is her job to make sure that she answers that phone. And when she answers that phone, it's her job to make them feel uh, like they are cared for and very important. And from there, we have an entire script that we have written, gone over, and she knows to schedule them to actually get them on our books to do an estimate. And I am not in that process at all. At all. So let's talk about uh, her role in the company and what that role would look like. Yeah. Um, so from the first, what do you actually call her role? So I call her our scheduling manager. She has access to our phones, our company lines, and it is her job to be the very first touch when it comes to our customer acquisition. 
And not only does she do, do that, but what we have done, what COVID has afforded us the opportunity to actually do is we schedule estimates two days a week, every single week, nonstop, even through December, January. We live in Northeast Ohio. It was just four to, negative four degrees last week. Of course, I don't think we did estimates because we wanted to be kind to the customers that day. But they're doing estimates tomorrow, and they're doing estimates half a day on Saturday every single week. So her and my estimator, Bill, go together out there to the jobs. The first person that they talk to, they hear from, is Donna. The first person they see physically is also Donna. And she goes out there with her creative concrete shirt on, sweatshirt on, whatever it is, polo, whatever the weather is, with her clipboard. And that does so many diff different things. First of all, it's it's building trust with the, the potential customer because not only did they hear that person, but now they're seeing that person. And you and I know the more you get in front of someone, the more that person might potentially like, trust, and know you. Yeah. And so that's happening simultaneously with the fact that Bill has tons of experience. That's a whole other podcast that we'll get into another time. But what I want you to see is I'm thinking about efficiency. None of this would happen if I am actually in my business working it. Yeah. So I go out all day long. I pour concrete all day long. I'm dirty. I'm tired. I'm stinky. I'm sweaty. I'm smelly. I can't be professional. I'm probably not going to be prompt. I'm not going to be pro proficient. I'm not going to be personable. I go out. I do an estimate, and they're not going to get my best. I'm not going to be quick. I'm not going to be efficient because it's just me. I'm tired. I got to measure stuff. I got to talk to the customer. This way, I'm subtracted from all of that. Donna answers the phone. Donna goes out there with Bill. She's holding the clipboard. This is gold, guys. This is so gold. She's holding the clipboard. Bill is fresh. He's not in the concrete. His job is to do estimations. He goes out there and he says, it's 22 feet. Donna knows because she has a prearranged clipboard of things. She knows if it's a driveway or a patio. She's circling what it is. And she's going, okay, 22 foot by. And then Bill, all he does is he just pulls out different measurements. 22 feet by 42. 22 by 42. Boom. And going on to the next. Okay, we've got a walkway here. Walkway. Three foot by 15 foot. Boom. You're in and out of that estimate in half the time, plus you're giving the customer more time and attention because you're not tired, you're not dirty, you're prompt, you're proficient, you're professional, and you're personable. And all of this happens to acquire more customers, close more sales, grow your business, and guess what? I am not there. Not there. Yeah. It's huge. So when did you realize that this was – the next hire you needed to make when I just couldn't physically do it anymore. When I realized that I was dropping more calls mm -hmm. when, when more co potential customers were falling through the cracks and I was just tired of getting home at nine o'clock at night, I realized something had to change. Yeah. And that was a major shift of mine thinking differently because if I stayed with that limited mindset and that limited thinking, I might still be out there doing estimates, still be out there, not giving my best and our company would not be able to scale. I knew something had to change because guess what? I was the one that was in the way. Mm -hmm. Are you in the way in your business? Can you find someone, hire someone? It's well worth it. Donna's worth her weight in gold to replace you at 60% to train that person to do what you know to do. And if you don't know, you can get a copy of our book because yeah. it's in there. And we explain the sales process to you. We explain the phone script to you. It's all there. It's very simple. It's very simple stuff. If you would invest in your business, 
for 30 days, you would be able to hire and train someone to do it. 60% is you. And the truth is, like Chesley said, they'll probably end up doing it 80 to 90% as well as you think they can. And then eventually even better than you could possibly do it. But you have to be willing to actually make the move to move out of your business. And that's what's so hard. That's what's so scary for business owners, for, for contractors, for entrepreneurs. They don't want to move away because they're practitioners. Many, many of them, they're just so afraid of what will happen. I remember when I had to make my first hire. I'm like, I don't even know how, that's a lot of money a week. How am I going to do that? It's the wrong mentality. It's the wrong mindset. You need to think in terms of time. You need your time. You need your time to refresh, refocus, replenish on, on who you are and what it is that you're trying to accomplish within your business. You need that time. And if you're stuck in it, you can't do it. You need help. Yeah, that's a big deal. And you're able to multiply your time with a specialist. I think as a entrepreneur, uh, I'm a jack of all trades. I know how to edit podcasts. I know how to do podcasts. I know how to film. I'm not great at any of it. I'm good at all of it. Yeah. But if we want to get better, I have to begin to go, I know enough to get started. And then I find specialists along the way. When you find specialists to, uh, to replace you, you get your time back, but you actually multiply time and you multiply effort and you multiply expertise. Yes, you do. Because they're focused on that one job, that one thing that they do actually better. Once they know your system, they will do it better than you could have ever done it. Because that's what they're talented for. That's who you're looking for as a uh, as an employer. You're looking for somebody that is that specializes in making customers feel cared for, mm -hmm. and that is so important. I want to ask you a question that I I have personally. Um, what's the difference between your office manager and your scheduling manager, which is what you call Donna? Yeah. So we have two positions, both held by incredible women, and our scheduling manager is dealing with actually putting the the potential customers on the schedule for an estimate the office manager what that person does is once they are so let me just try to explain the process to you so once donna answers the phone they do the estimate we get the estimate turned around not in a week like we used to do it mm -hmm. but in 24 hours uh, that's a whole nother situation that's so good but we get it back to them once they respond either via email or they'll call donna or they'll text donna They'll call the company line, text the company line, or they'll email us, and they need to get on the schedule. Mm -hmm. We respond back with our office manager basically saying, it's so good, Joe, that you have allowed Creative Concrete to serve you with your concrete needs or whatever we say. Your next steps are we're going to have Marsha, our office manager, contact you with next steps in a date range. And so at that moment, there's a transference. And now it be and now the ball is in Marsha's court all the way up into the day, the week that we execute the process. So customers will get the date range. They'll get uh, they'll get their next steps, like how to send a security deposit in. Any questions that they might have throughout the process, we have a pretty big lead time because we are specialists. And if you want to get on our wait list, you're going to have to wait at least three or four months. That's not for everybody. I'd like to cut that down a little bit. But the deal is, is most all good things come to those who wait. And so when you get on our schedule, you'll start to get antsy. And when you get antsy, you're going to want to call someone and say, where are we on the schedule? What does this look like? Are we getting closer? And it is Marsha's job to 
make constant contact with the customer to let them know it's going to be two weeks. It's going to be one week. Okay. Here's the week, the week before she's always making that contact saying, okay, you are next week. And it looks like we're going to get to you on Tuesday. Just making the customer feel comfortable. Like we did not forget about them. Again, that is something that I used to be the one that had to do, Mm -hmm. had to do all of it. Yes. Yes. We're going to get there. Yes. It's fine. I'm rushing him. I'm not trying to rush. But that's just the nature of it. I'm forgetting things. Things are going through the cracks. But no, our office manager keeps record of every single customer that we have received a security deposit for. They're in the queue. They're in line. She's answering questions. And she's communicating with our project manager on exactly what the schedule looks like at least 10 days in advance so that we can order concrete, do everything we need to do. She's keeping us organized and on track, keeping the customers calm and happy. We do the job. Once the job is complete, then the ball gets handed right back over to Donna. And Donna is the first person they hear on the phone, first person they see whenever they co- she comes out to do the estimate. And she's also subsequently the last person that they see because what she does is she takes all of our completed customers. She takes a day and she goes and she delivers a package that we have. It's a care package. That what it is, is it's a creative concrete mug and inside the mug are very expensive chocolates and four cards because we have a referral program. So four of our business cards in there and it's wrapped really nice, nice little bow on it, like a stringed bow takes time. We're putting in attention and effort and intention, you know, intentionality behind this gift and she delivers them. And in that moment, she is the last person that they see. Because we want to leave a really good taste in the customer's mouth of our customer process of, you know, our sales process, if you will. But they're the last, she's the last one that they see. And she is always pushing for them if, you know, they're raving fans of ours to write a review, whether it's on Google or if it's on Facebook or Home Advisor or one of the other, you know, however they came in, that's what we want them to do in writing a review, Better Business Bureau or whatever. So she opens up the storyline with your customer by saying, being the first person on the phone and walking them through the sales process, basically. Yeah. And then she's the last one to make sure that you close the storyline to say, hey, we value you as a customer. Thank you for doing business with us. Oh, by the way, don't you like your concrete? Yep. <laughs> and if you do, and you will, hey, would you be so generous to, to write us a review? Yeah. You know, to pay it forward that way. Yeah. And and customers are happy to do that. So, yes, that that closes the loop on all of that. But the beautiful part about this, and I have to keep coming a, a back to it, is it all started with me giving my phone away, getting another company phone, investing in that phone, paying for it, and paying somebody to actually man it or woman it uh, in this case. And it freed me up. I don't have my phone going off constantly. I don't have to answer to when I'm going to be where and how we're going to get there. All of that stuff is taken care of for us. Now I have, I can be, I can, I can travel. I can go where I need to go. I'm not tied to my phone and I'm not tied to my business. Occasionally for every 10 customers that Donna will talk to or Marsha will talk to, I will talk to them once. I can handle one or two phone calls, not 20 or 40. Right. And it just makes it that much better. So I have time to separate. So the on in on principle, and now I can be thinking about how we are going to scale to hit our goal this coming year that we're trying to achieve and what that's going to look like and how that's going to feel. And I have a little bit of breathing room to do it. 
Yeah, I think another thing that we could talk about uh, as we begin to wind down is this idea of how to delegate well. Um, you didn't just hand off your phone and say, please start answering the phone calls. Right. But you didn't dump. There's a difference between dumping and delegating. Mm -hmm. And so often people just dump responsibility off of an employer, another employee that they're paying for. And then they wonder why they can't find good employees. Because when you dump responsibility, but don't give them the playbook, you, you got to give them the what, the why, and the how. Mm -hmm. You got to give them, this is what you're doing. This is why you're doing it. Now this is how you should do it. And so often people just give them the what, never give them the why, and definitely don't have a how to hand them to go, this is how you should do your job. And so I would love for you to talk about how you were able to do that with Donna. What did that look like? Did you build a system and then hand it to her? Did you perfect it intuitively? How that? How did that system work when you handed it over to her? Yeah, you know that the, the big difference between Chesley and I is he can take intuitive concepts and break them down into like palatable steps practical functional steps me i'm an intuitive person so i'll do it and then we'll figure out what i did so we do this all the time but for me yes it was very intuitive and what i did was i knew that if i invested in someone that it would pay dividends back mm -hmm. and so every moment that i was with donna in this case i knew that i was actually going to save myself time in the long run so, of course, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. And this is how we do it. So I had already created text messages. I've already created emails. One of the things that I created for her was that that one page sheet that I'm sure that we can share eventually where it and it's particular to our field and industry where she could very easily circle what it is that we're doing for that day. So it's very easy for her to actually create the estimate. I'd already created an estimate template for her. And what I did is I just spent about a month and a half going over this process with her. This is how you answer the phone. I'm out there with her on estimates. While we're on estimates, I am training her. So between estimates, I am saying ring, ring, ring. I remember this very vividly. And I would make her pretend to answer the phone. Mm. You know, and so obviously I created that script until she got it down. It's a beautiful day at Creative Concrete. This is Donna. How may I serve you? There's no concrete company that's answering the phone like that. That is a part of our market identity. It's going to it's going to separate us from our competitors. It's going to create market value. And so I drilled it into her head until she learned it and she knew it. And she's a quick study. So she figured it out pretty quickly. Once that was done, then I sat down with her and I said, okay, here's the way that I do estimates. Here is our template. Here's what I, what I want you to do. Here's the copy and the paste that you need to copy and paste. And once you get all of that done, you need to send it back to me and I need to double check square footage. And then you can send it out to the customer. When she got comfortable with that, then we started to add pictures for the project manager. And so that's another area where we're just, we spent some time training. There's constant training as we evolve as a company. And if you have the right person in that position, they're going to be able to adjust and adapt. They're not going to do it perfectly all the time. Trust me, no company will, but you invest that time into the right person and it's going to actually give you time back. You have to be willing to do all of that, and it's a process. The truth is nobody ever does it perfectly all the time, not even you. No, I don't. <laughs> so um, Definitely not. Having, actually having the system where it is written down, she's going to do it more often and more consistent than even you would if you didn't have one. That's right. And so you taking the time to build – 
to build out the templates, to get the text messages ready. Yep. Those are the hard work that an entrepreneur has to do to make sure that they can multiply their time and their effort with another person. And if they don't do it, you're doing a disservice to you, disservice to your client, disservice to your employee. That's right. And did you hear what he just said? He said everything I just said, but more clearly. And that is you have to be willing as the entrepreneur, as the business leader, to step away from it for a minute to create the systems that are necessary via template or whatever training process you have to give to that person and then begin to train them. That is hard for us to do. We don't want to step away from the day-to-day grind, but you have to make time to do that. Otherwise, you will never have time. Yep. You can have control or you can have growth, but you can't have both. Yeah. So I really loved the uh, the stuff that you said this week. I think it's super uh, important. I think it's highly tangible and applicable to anywhere in a business. If you're not you're not ready to hire a Donna yet, a customer liaison, a scheduling manager, that's okay. What you can do is you can begin to record down the things you do when you talk to or the things you want them to do. Chick-fil-A came up with the idea of saying my pleasure, yep. not thank you, mm-hmm. right? So, or you're welcome. They said my pleasure and everybody does it. Why? Because they wrote it down and said, this is how we're going to do it. And then they trained it to all of their people. You have the ability as working on your business to begin to figure out what you want your company to do, write it down. So that way, when you're ready to hire and you will be ready to hire, if you continue to do this, and especially if you start putting it into practice, you'll be ready to hire. And when you do, you'll have the playbook ready to go for the person that you're supposed to hire to do this. Anything else? Please focus on doing only what you can do and start with that training process. Here is how I answer the phone for, for my own self right now. Here's what I do on an estimate. Write it down. Here's what I'd like to do. Here's how I'd like to close the loop on that sales process. Here's what I do for my customers when I'm all done. And, and write these things down. And when you're ready to hire someone, you can start to train in each individual piece. And I'm telling you, that is the one thing that has grown our business and grown my sanity more than anything else in the last three years that I've done. I got rid of the phone. You got anything for next week? No! No! (laughs) I just do what you tell me to do. I just do what you tell me to do. Well, I feel like we'll just do whatever I want to do. We're going to have you back next week. I think we should definitely keep talking about building systems out. Like, what is it going to be like when you're working on your business rather than in your business? We even talked about the sequence today. I would love maybe next week. Let's talk about the sequence um, that people go through when they're building a business and why you should start with culture first. I think that's great. And really, we touched on so much today. We could take and break each individual piece down and do a podcast on each one. But yes, I think we should. We'll start there. Because there's a lot of cool things. And it's probably not what you think. You know, where you start is probably not where you think you should start. But I'm promising you it's exactly where you need to. So that's a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to continue with this uh, idea of working on your business rather than in your business. Or as you're working in your business. And uh, we'll we'll talk about the first thing you need to do um, as a business owner. Woo! Yeah. We will see you next week. On the Blue Collar Millionaires Podcast, I'm Chesley. This is Jeremy. We'll see you later.